and welcome back to the Game Pit. This is episode 160, and Ronan's not here. It's me, and it's somebody else who we'll introduce in a moment. Ronan is too busy moving house. As you can imagine, he's surrounded by boxes in his new home and up to his eyes in all, all sorts. So good luck with that, Ronan, and uh, we hope to have you back soon. But in his place... I have a more than adequate replacement, and it's a it's a game pit regular. It's my wife, my wonderful wife, Natalie. Oh look, you saved yourself with the wonderful there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much for having me back in the game pit. It's always a pleasure, never a chore. Well, you're still complaining about the smell. Listen, my nose sense, my nose sense, your nose sense was oh. burned out a long time ago. Well, you do live with me. I'm really pleased that I'm on a, a podcast which. <laughs> You know, we need good, articulate, eloquent speaking, and I can't work out the word for smell in time. Right, so, little disclaimer, we've both been struggling with really bad cold stroke flus, and we, we both lost our voice earlier in the, this week. So, if we if we dip out any time, then that's why it is, and uh, we'll try not to. The voices are coming back now. <laughs> <laughs> Put the excuse out there first. So, what we're going to do today is... We've long been threatening to do Natalie's top 20 games. Top 20, we're going to put our marriage on the line. And yeah, we all, I'm getting to that, I'm getting to it, chill. Oh, so I'm very nervous because this is make or break, this is this is it. <clears throat> well this is it, well yeah, well, this could mean divorce. So what, I, what we've done, so Natalie has put her together her top 20 and away from her, in secret, I've put together what I think Natalie's top 20 is going to be. And we've come up with an agreement. If I don't get at least 10, they don't have to be in exactly the right place, but if I don't get at least 10, then we have to file for the I mean, it's going to break my heart because I'm quite attached to you, but them's just the breaks. Yeah, yeah. On the, on the flip side, Natalie's desperately hoping I don't get all 20 <laughs> because that means she's boring and predictable. Well, quite. <laughs> Much like my gameplay, you often say. No, you you like to, you you like to find something that works, and you like to hit it hard. Yeah, but so now this is my this is my thing, right? Yeah, I like to find something that works for me, but I very rarely win games, so it doesn't really That's matter. That's a lie. You say no. that. You say that, and you win all the time. And I tell you what makes great podcasting: getting you taking your glasses off and going. Oh, oh, brilliant! <laughs> That's perfect. I, I tell know, you but what. I can't see my list, you know, and then. And with so much riding on it, I need to have crystal clarity vision. Like, if we're going to get divorced, it's not going to be because I can't see my list. Well, indeed, indeed. Right, so I've got my list in front of me. Natalie's got her list in front of her. In secret. In secret, we have got shields built around them, so we can't see each other's. I have my trusty pen to mark off when I get something right. And uh, if I don't make 10 marks at least, then um, this trusty nice pen will be signing divorce papers pretty soon. But then at least I get some room back in the house because the games are gone. <laughs> don't pretend they're not all mine. They're all mine. We're not going to get into that on a family podcast. Yeah. All right, Stitchy Girl. Ooh. Ah. So we have this thing. When when a, <laughs> when a game arrives, I get grief. Or when when a, a rake of stitching equipment arrives and patterns and threads. Okay, gets, but my kit, like four of my kits takes up the space of one game. How many games have you got? They belong to the boy. Anyway, <laughs> before we get started, 
Uh, we are very proud members of the Dice Tower Network. Go there and to the Dice Tower itself for gaming goodness galore. So we're going to start off, and we're going to start off, Natalie, with your number 20. My number 20 is Cat Cafe by El Alley Cat Game. Ding! Ooh. I have... I, we, I, I am we're one for to, one. We're off to a strong start. Right, yeah. It is a roll and write. Um, literally does exactly what it says on the tin. You kind of have to build your cafe to get as many cats in there as happy as possible. And obviously the most the most decorations and toys and, you know, food you can get in there. The happier cats are, the more points you score. And that's it. And I like it because it's simple. It's a 20-minute 20, 20 filler game at the most. It's the only roll and write that I, I continuously get out. And I love anything with cats and it, it kind of makes me happy to draw my little cats on the sheet and, and name my cafe and yeah, I, I, I get told off because I put the letters Oh, down. you're so boring. Whereas Natalie draws the actual You things. draw the little toys and the milk and the, the food. But he puts letters. You're boring. Oh. You're basic. You're basic. I really do enjoy Cat Cafe. It's probably the game that made me actually think Roland Wrights weren't the spawn of, of the devil. So... I've actually gone on from there and tried some more Roland Rights and a bit hit and miss, but Cat Cafe is certainly up there as one of the very best I've ever played, if not the best. Good start. There we go. We're on course. We are on course. Right. What's your number 19? Oh, you're not going to do what your 20 is? Are we going to do yours after? No, we're going to do mine after. I'll tell you what my top 20 is. Okay. Um, I'll tell you when you finish, when you finish your number one, I'll tell you how many I've got right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, in which case, my number 19 is all on by DLP and Tasty Minstrel Game. Ding! Oh, I tell you what, tell it's looking what, good for our marriage, eh? Two... For two. Wow. Um, so yes, Ulian, I think most people who listen to this podcast will know what Ulian is. Uh, Euro, which I love. You're building a trail around a map and you're gathering things and you're buying things. It's a standard Euro. It's coloured, you know, what do you want from oh, me? It's, it's coloured pieces one of the first of wood. bag builders. It is one of the first bag builders. Which I do one? like a bag builder. So, so yeah, I mean, and I do really enjoy it. I'm very bad at it. I don't win. The game, like, I don't think I've ever won a game of Orleon. Shawnee tends to absolutely batter me every time we play. But I do like the bag building. I do... It is one of the ones where I do try and find different ways to not win. Because, as I've been made very clear, I don't win at this game. Um, but it's one of the ones, because I know it so well, I do feel more confident in trying different strategies to not win. And to maybe not lose quite so badly. This one I'm going to agree with you, because... When I play with you, I always win. But when I play with anybody else, we're looking at Terry, we're looking at Ronan, oh. they mush me. Yeah, but Terry in, Terry in particular is... You were going to say something nice about Ronan there, weren't oh. you? That is banned oh, in the game. I'll have to go and wash my mouth out with yeah. Dental on my brush. But so, no. Yes, Orleans. We're both quite bad at it, but I'm less bad than you. And that was your number 19. Yes, I really like Orleans. I think it is one of my very favourite games. It was certainly my top 50. I can't remember, was it in my top 10? But it must have been close. Well, it's a good game. We mm. might break that out tonight. Maybe. Maybe. I feel like losing. Why not? <laughs> Three. Number 18, Dominion 
by Rio Grande. Oh, he's three for three. But I'll tell you what, Nat, I had that a hell of a lot higher than number 18. You, you know, when I first started making the list, I put it really high. And then the more games I put on there, I was like, no, that's, that's dropping down. But listen, everyone knows what Dominion is, right? It's a hand management deck building game. It's a classic. It's a favorite. There's umpteen expansions. You know, it can be quick. It, you know, depending on how you want to play it and what expansions you're playing with, it can be a long game, it can be a short game. Um, and it really was one of my first experiences of gaming in general. It's a nice game to bring people into hand management and, and playing with cards. And, and I just love it. I love it so much. I've got a custom made wooden box with all of my expansions in and I'm slowly going through sleeving everything and making it all pretty and nice. I, you know, I know it sounds weird that it's at number 18. It should be hard, but there are just so many good games on my list. I think probably because we haven't played it in such a long time. Yeah, yeah. We really need to break it out. But Dominion is the game that... It might not have been the first deck-building game, but it was certainly the the game that sort of put deck building really firmly on the map and, and created this sort of a bit of a craze for, for deck building elements in games. Uh, the, yeah. Dominion will always be my top 50. I think it's just a, it's a fabulous game and uh, always worth a play, even though we don't play it very much anymore. We don't, but it's a big box to get down. It is, especially the, yeah, your collection is anyway, moving on number 17, number 17 is La Stanza by Quinted Games. It's another ding. Is it another I'll tell ding? you what. I tell you I'd, what. We'll, I don't know if it's we're It's not looking, looking good for you. It's I'll not, tell you I'm what. I'm just boring and predictable. Boring and predictable. <laughs> but I stay the course. <laughs> I love La Stanza. La Stanza is a fairly newish game. I played it first time a couple of years ago, maybe. Yeah, I want to say 2019. I think so. We did play it last year because, you know, the world ended. We, we bought but it to Gearstones. We bought it to Gearstones in yeah. 2019. Um, and again, another Euro. But an interesting mechanism <laughs> by using your action points and how you're scoring your victory points. Um, you know, again, it's Renaissance Italy. You're collecting artworks. You're building up your knowledge of science and um you know exploration as, as they did in sort of what is it 15 to 1700s but you know i just really love the mechanism and i think it's because it's a different mechanism it trips some people up mm. and it's clicked with me so i i tend Massively. to enjoy it because i it really makes sense to me but it doesn't seem to make sense to the people that i've played with you, you've you've won every single game you've ever played of this um mm. we played it with dan in Gearstones and Dan really enjoyed the game, but he, he had to go and have a little sit down and a cry in the corner for a little while because it just broke him a little bit. And it, this is a really thinky, tough Euro game. It doesn't look very nice, but it is a really good game. I really like it. I think this one will stay in our collection for a while. Not quite in my top 50, but it's a very strong game. I, I, you know, I'm always here for the mechanics that are just a little bit different. Now, I'm a self-avowed mm. love of Euro games. They are my favourite games. I genuinely don't care about theme being pasted on. Give me little colour cubes and different ways to move them around the board and I'm a happy girl. So when something comes along with a little bit of a more interesting mechanism, mm -hmm. the same for Kalamala, I'm there. That's mm. and, and I really did enjoy it. So again, um, a lot of good games but it comes in at number 17 for me. There we go. Okay, so number... I think this is the one. I think this might be the one that you would say you wouldn't put 
This is the one that I wouldn't put, no? Mm, I think so. So here we go. It's number 16, Mansions of Madness by Fantasy Flight Games. (laughs) See, I wrote it down, but I thought a lot of it was you just sort of being nice to me and letting me play a game that I really like. I didn't realise that you, you enjoyed it as much. No, it's I, I do really enjoy it, but um, it's one of the few kind of a merry trash cooperative games that I do enjoy, um, because it doesn't feel like a chore to play. Think because you've got the app, which does a lot of the setup for you and a lot of the game admin. It's an, it's a more enjoyable experience. You get involved in the you know you get involved in the story more now. Um, we play it with our friends. It's again, it's a game we use to bring our friends into the game world because it is a story, and we've got the app, and we put it on our big TV in the kitchen, and we turn the lights down, and it's all very atmospheric, and it's a lot of fun, um, and you really do feel like you're in this solving this puzzle, stopping the forces darkness together. Um, it by far is one of my favourite types of those games. In fact, if not the favourite, um, um, I really enjoy it. I think if Ronan was here, we would say it's a, it's a great experience, but not necessarily a game. Yeah. I think there are ch- choices in there, and there are decisions, and you have to make the right decisions at key moments. But yeah, I, I get the fact that it's, it's more of a story than a game, but I think there is game elements in it, and I absolutely love this game. I mean, and I can see where he's coming from, but then my argument against that would be, well, if you're social gaming, surely you're not doing it for the experience as well. Like, for me, there are places for those types of games. Now, I oh, think, yeah, yeah, he likes you know, it. He, I don't know, yeah, I'm just, I think it. Ronan's very much like me in that he's like hardcore Euro gamer. But these experience games, I, I really, the ones that hit hard for me and the ones that I really do enjoy, I cherish mm. because they do bring that social aspect into gaming that I don't get when I've got my head down over my coloured pieces of blocks of wood. Yes. So. Okay, well, very good choice. I didn't I didn't think you liked it as much, but moving on to your number 15. So my game coming in at number 15 is X-Files Legendary by Upper Deck. Damn it. No? <sighs> Was it even on your list for me? I wrote it down because of your love for X-Files. I love X-Files. You do love X-Files. And I love, I love. I didn't know if it was a strong enough game. Okay, so Legendary. Um, I'm not really sure how popular the Legendary series is. It's but pretty popular. Yeah, so it's, again, deck management, um, but it kind of forces you along a storyline. Um, I think there's been quite a few different IPs for mm-hmm. Legendary. You've got your superheroes. I know you've got aliens, and then you've got X-Files, and there may be others out there. Um, now... I quite like the the more gamey aspect of the the hand management and the more cooperative aspect of it, but for me the beauty is in the fact it does the X Files IP so well, and I think that's incredibly difficult when it comes to games. There are maybe three or four games I can think of off the top of my head that have really done something good with the IP that they've got, and X Files Legendary is one of them. Um, you know, you are racing against the clock. You are racing against this shadowy conspiracy um, theory, mm-hmm. um, and it really does mirror those and arcs it within X Files. It well. follows the seasons as well, which yeah. I really enjoy. And of course, uh, it's always nice to just have David Duchovny in my hand. Should I? Should I, should I just step aside now? <laughs> well, if you don't get ten games, I'm getting on the. I'm getting on the phone. Hey, Max, you've had a photo with him, and all of a sudden, you're the next Mrs. Duchovny. I'm just saying. Right. I I like X-Files. I think I need to play it a little bit more. It's really hard, and and that's absolutely right. It's very atmospheric, and it really does bring that sort of theme home. Uh, I'm not as big about X-Files buffers than that is, but uh, 
Yeah, it, it, it's it's a good game, and it's one of the stronger ones in the Legendary series. I think I'm going to always like the the, the comic book one the most, uh, the Marvel Legendary. But mm. I, it may even be a, a better game than the Marvel Legendary. But I just like the IP of Marvel. Yeah. So, yeah, cool, very good. That's that's another one I've missed. So I am um, I'm, I'm slowly fading. I don't know what I'll we're going to do. What, How yeah. are we going to break it to the kids? Well, the the the, the lawyer the lawyer's having a little doze, but he's getting restless. <laughs> <laughs> he's, well, he's, he's he's getting restless, and all he's going. Hmm, ha- how are you going to explain it to the children? Like, mummy and daddy still love one another. They're just simply <laughs> incompatible. Right, go on then, crack on. Number right, fourteen. Number fourteen um, is Draftosaurus by Ancarno. Ancarma, rather. Ah, <laughs> oh, for the no. Was I wrote... this on your game at all? On it, your yeah, yeah. It was on. It was on the list. But I thought you liked it for the kids. It was another yeah. one I didn't think you liked for yourself. I love it for, I love it. Oh, yeah, I really do. So it is a children's game. We play it with our eldest. Um, you are basically drafting little dinosaur figurines from a bag and you're placing them in your park as dictated to by the roll of a dice and it's got set collection in there and it's a nice little children's game. But I actually really, really enjoy it for myself. Um, because you can have, if you want it, you can, you can make it a little bit mean like you, I know I do. I don't, I don't give my, my son any quarter She's anymore. Brutal. She's he legitimately beats me at games. Gloves are off. She's brutal. I she, am. she will go for, go for the jugular every time. Like, listen, he knows well enough now. He's well able to beat me at games. I'll tell you what, you're not far off telling the, the three year old when you're playing games with him. Ah, sucks to be you. You lost, buddy. He's getting better at games. <laughs> Listen, the times are coming. In any case, I really like Draftosaurus. You know, it, as I say, it is a children's game, but there's enough in there to keep the adults happy. And it genuinely makes me, it makes me light of heart. And I do enjoy playing it. And when we're kind of, James is looking to pick a game for us to play on family game nights, I'll always kind of whisper and say, oh, should, should we play Draftosaurus? Sometimes I get my way, sometimes I don't. Mm-hmm. Draftosaurus is a fabulous game. It, it is one of my favourite, favourite family games. It's right up there with Dixit for me. And, yeah, I, I I think it's it's a really good game. Really doesn't outstay its welcome. It's, it's done and dusted if you play the single version because you can play both sides of the board and, and double it up. But if you just play one side, it's gone. It's gone in twenty five minutes, half an hour at the most, and that's if you dally. So yeah, a really strong choice, naturally. And I'm really upset I didn't choose it now because I thought about it. But it's not looking good. It's That's, not looking good. I, I was doing so well. <laughs> you were. You <laughs> were getting all, all confident, weren't you? Like, oh, I've got this nailed down. It's all falling apart. So, moving on. Unlucky for some. 13. Number 13. Mm. Suburbia by Bezier Games. Oh, he's back in the game. Is he back in the game? He's back in the game. Awesome. Maybe. I don't know. In any case, Suburbia, a really popular classic game. Um, you are building a city with tiles. You're using those tiles to string effects off off each other to earn reputation and population points. Um, as you go along, you've got a certain cost to pay, so those reputation and population will come down. The more successful your city gets, you can concentrate how you build your city. I love the intricacies. There are different ways to win, which I love kind of trying to explore. You know, do you build a more industrial city or not? I, you know what? I've got nothing but love for this game, as evidenced by the fact we've got the deluxe version knocking around. Oh, and it's very pretty. Oh, yes, so uh, we, we do we do house rule. The PR firm and the casino are yeah, banned because... 
they're, they're so powerful. If, if somebody does get them and nobody else does, then that person has a really big leg up to winning the game. But uh, it's a game in which I never win. Absolutely never. Because I never pay any attention to the goals which you, which you, at the end of the game, when you flip over and whoever's got the most of this or the or the least of that, I never pay any attention because I'm usually so much enjoying myself building my city and and cranking those wheels of the city that I just forget about them. But yeah, and that that to me shows what a really good experience it is in suburbia. Mm. And I, I thoroughly, it's right up there for me as well. Yeah, I do love it. It is good. And I always beat you, which always makes me you happy. You always mush me, but there we go. Yeah, we're still bad at games, are we? Talked about the Stanza, we talked about Suburbia. Yeah, and when have we played them last? I noticed we always play games you beat me at recently. Mm, moving on. Yeah. Number 12. Number 12 is On Mars by Eagle Griffin Game. Ball the Dash. No? I had it written down. I knew you liked it. I do like it. I know you like it. But I didn't think you liked it that much. I do like it that much. Ugh. On Mars, it's from Lasada. I think he's also done Lisboa, Gallerist, Vinyos, and On Mars is by far my favourite game of his. If you've played any of his games, you'll be very familiar with the mechanisms that he, he likes to use. Um, I personally think it works very well in On Mars, which is why I enjoy it. It thematically works well. Um, basically, you're moving between one of the moons of Mars and Mars itself, when you're trying to colonise and terraform Mars, you've got a limited number of turns to do that. You've got a limited, you know, limited number of resources. All of these wonderful things that you find in Euro games. But again, that tweak in the mechanism where you have to be really careful about where you're sitting at your turn's end to make sure that you're in the place you want to be in to do your actions. Mm. Um, and it just it just clicks within me and I really, really enjoy it. It's yeah, very it's, thinky, it's very a heavy. Tough, it's a tough enough game just doing <clears throat> what you do on the surface of Mars, which is building your research stations and getting your resources and exploring it and trying to get the goals and all that. But then, on the flip side, is that you have got this space station, or whether it's a moon, I can't remember what, where you go from, but you, you rock it down to Mars, and then you go back up to the space station, and then you do your research and things like that up there. And, you, as Nat said, you, position, positioning yourself is such a crucial part of the game. It's very, very clever, very, very thinky, and it's a really good game. And... Um, We'll be doing our top 10 of 2020 in the near future. And I'll tell you what, this is a contender. Should be. Yeah, Excellent. It's right, right up Excellent. there for me. But I tell you, it is one of those games, um, we know from experience, you need one night to learn it and one night to play it. It is hardcore. Yeah, it's for hardcore. Sure. For sure. Okay, so moving on to the, the one that just missed out on your top 10. Just missed out on my top 10? Mr. Cabbagehead by Ludic Creations. Oh. No? Did it even make a list? I'm really interested in the ones that I didn't even make a list. I, my list is on the flip side of another piece of paper, so I'm just going to have a look to see if it's even on here. Uh, Mr. Yes, Mr. C I'm going to show you proof. Mr. Cabbagehead. It is down. there. It is there. It is there. I thought about it, and I also thought about uh, La Stanza, as you can see. I can. Um, on Mars is there. Oh. See, there, there. I knew about them. I'm not. I'm not making it up. So, Mr. Cabbage's Garden. Yes. Why do you like that so I much? I like this. This is a really nice, quaint set collection card game for two players only, and it has been 
designed with that in mind. I think it started off as a solo game and then yeah. it was uh, a variant was introduced to allow it to be played with two players and it's just perfect. It's what 20 to 30 minutes again another a nice little light filler. Um I love the artwork. I you know, I just it's just a lovely game. It it just kind of makes me smile when you <laughs> see it in its box and you see the artwork and the set collection and, yeah, and all the, of that business. I really enjoy it. The artwork really evokes that sort it of does. quaint, weird Victorian artwork. Yeah. And, and it really kind of pushes that feel as well. And, yeah, it is a really, really good game. Yeah, it started off as a self-published work by by the designer, mm. and then Luda Creations bought it, and then just to make it a bit more marketable, they, they made it into a two-player version. You can still play the solo version, which is really good. But, uh, yeah, uh, great game. thought about it. Um, I just yeah, I just love the feel of this game. It's, it just yeah, it's, with you, it just makes me smile. Just looking mm. at the weird. I do you know. I remember playing characters. it. Um, there's one place it always evokes me when we played it in Oxford. When we played it in the hotel where um, they shot some scenes of Inve- Inspector Morse yeah, in front of the had, fireplace, we, we went had for Inspector my Morse, yeah. Morse looking down on us. We <laughs> went for my birthday at the beginning of January, so it was cold and wet outside, and we had open a pint fire. and an open fire, and we were just playing Cabbage Head Garden. And I thought it just fit within that that kind of atmosphere perfectly. Absolutely. It was so much fun. Absolutely. Okay. So, we are moving into top 10 country. Right. Oh, here we go. Now, e- these should be easier for you. I don't... Well, I, I can tell you so far, I am bang on, like, just saving myself. I am five for ten. Okay, okay. But I'm thinking this this is going to be better for you. It must be. You must have a oh, fairer idea of my It has 10. to be. If it, if it isn't, I'm in trouble. Okay, let's go. Uh, number ten for me is Underwater Cities by Oops. Delicious Games. Yeah, Yay. I'm in there. I'm in, I'm in like Flynn. Love underwater cities. Love it. It obviously it's in my top ten. Um again, another Euro, you're building your underwater city, you're trying to connect with um land so that you can get more resources. It's not. Do you know what? You don't have to connect with land, it just gives you a little bit of a bonus and some scoring opportunities. Um we have pimped out our copy of Underwater Cities. I love it that much. It's fantastic. Ooh. I just again I like the intricacies. There's in again, it's that little tweak of how you do your actions you can match the color of your cards with the actions available and if you don't match if you do you get a bonus if you don't you just get the action on the board something a little bit different to consider which i always enjoy in euros yeah Yeah, it's it's, it's a very strong game it's uh one of uh, my favorite vladimir sushi games he's recently done one called praga which i really want to want to delve into we and played that once. I got absolutely hammered. We played it once. I want to review it. So you review um, it on your own. It's embarrassing. <laughs> well, Ronan's got it anyway, so I'll play. I can play with him eventually. But yeah, Van Masushi, very really strong designer, a prolific designer, and this for me is is right up there with with his best games. We've got the expansion. We haven't delved into that no. yet, but we haven't really felt the need to delve into it. We've played Underworld Cities. Uh, must be five or six times, just the two of us. Yeah. And then we've had other people come in. So, yeah, it's, it's one that sticks around, and we do bring it out from time to time. I've even pimped up your copy of it. Yeah, we have. <laughs> okay, so, so that was your number 10. Yeah. So I'm, I'm back in business. So number nine, come on, let's keep the ball rolling. Number nine is Azul by Pan yeah, B Games. Are we there? Was, that was a no-brainer. That's a gimme. I, that's, I'll tell you what, it's, 
I've put it very similar spot, and I've even written next to it, should it be higher? Because I, I, I could see this being in your top five, to be honest. Again, it was one of those that I put right up there, and then there were just so many other things that bumped it out. I love us all. Abstract, set collection game, very pretty tiles. I love the feel of the tiles, the look of them as you place them down. Um, you start the game off thinking, oh, I'm not going to score very much, but then it, you know, it kind of uh, cumulative scoring. Yeah. I just, yeah, it's just a favourite for me. I really do. It's enjoy very, it. it's very tactile, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. And I, 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 one of the things I like to do, probably too much, and probably too I, much. I probably look a little bit strange and a little bit scary doing it. Is I like to put my hand in the bag and just rummage through the tiles and feel them rummaging. You have traumatised so many of our friends by doing that. It's I know. Unreal. I do dribble a little when I'm doing well. it. But <laughs> yeah, so the Azul, dribble gets on the tiles. That's the problem. It's always going to be around for like forever because it's it's such a, a good, clever game. It's simple to play, but with loads of hidden depth and. It can be nasty. Yeah. And we don't tend to be nasty. And I think it's just such a clever game. And yeah, cracking on. Right. So that was your number nine. It is. Number eight. Number eight for me is Dinosaur Island by Pandasaurus Games. Oh, that was in my, look, it was in my also rounds. It was the top of the also rounds. So that would be my number 21 for you. Mm. So that is a, that is a miss. I love Dinosaur Island, building a dinosaur park. So, obviously, you need to build your pens to keep the dinosaurs. You need to get the science to build the dinosaurs. You need to get other attractions in your in your park to keep people coming back so they've got somewhere to eat and drink and merchandise to buy. And, of course, the look of it. I think you, you'll have seen this around when it first came out, for sure. It was quite eye-poppingly pink um, and very shocking. It was 80s. Yeah. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, well, it got there. Considering when it came out, it was like in a, you see a sea of beige oftentimes and then there's just this pop of colour. Um, and to go along with that is this amazing gameplay. And we have played it. I can't even count the number of times we've played it. And we've also got all of the expansions. And it's a new game every time because you've got options with, you know, technicians that come out to help you. Um, extras you can build in your lab you've got the expansion we've got a, a water expansion with it and it's just you know it's just a game i can play again and again and i just do not get tired of it yeah and we've got the like the kickstarter bits where they add in the loads is is modular expansions that come with it as well on top of that um so we've got we've got so much to play on this one i absolutely love it i think it's it's in its entirety, it can be quite look quite daunting because there's lots of phases to go through. But what they've done is they've broken up the phases individually, so every phase is quite easy to play, and, it, and then it all comes together at the end, and you see where you are in terms of building your your dinosaur park. And who who doesn't want to play Jurassic Park the board game? Yeah, it was always a winner for me. I didn't know you quite liked it as I much as you do, it but so uh, much it makes me happy that it's on your list. No, absolutely, right, absolutely. Number seven. How are we doing? Are we? Are we? I'm, I'm, my head is above water. Just, just. Just. Okay. Okay. All right. It's fine. You you can come back quite strong now. I think. Um. But at least I'm not boring and predictable. Well, there we go. Okay. Number seven for me is Rococo by Pegasus Spiel and Eagle Griffin Games. You're a bad person. Why am I a bad person now? You're a bad person. Is it even on your list? It's on the other page where I thought about it. There it is. Look. Love Rococo. I didn't know. Well, I thought you, you quite liked it. No, I think it's much. brilliant. I really do. There's again, it's it's a game that 
has a lot of depth to it. We've played it many times to the point where we got the pimped out version recently, which is gorgeous. Yeah, so yeah, it originally came out from Pegasus Spiel, I think, and that was nice. A bit very Euro looking, and then uh, Eagle Griffin did their magic, and it wasn't cheap, but it is absolutely stunning. Beautiful. Again, it's the kind of managing your actions with your hand of cards hand management as part of the game but you know also set collection and just so many things to kind of keep track of but it all makes sense thematically and and that lends a certain depth to the game uh, which means you can play it time and time and time again and not have the same game twice for me i know others feel differently but that's how i feel about the game well we've got we've got expansions we've got the uh jewelry expansion Mm. and I think the Christmas clothes expansions in there and stuff like that. So we're, we're going to have a lot of play in that box, and it's, it's a game we both thoroughly enjoy. And I've realised now how much Natalie does enjoy. I it. do, I so, do. Happy days, okay. And that was your number seven, was it? It was. Oh, getting close to top five, right? Number six, the number one that six. missed out. The one, the one that missed five. out. And honestly, it was. <laughs> when you see my top five, you'll see why. Uh, my number six is Aquasphere by Hall Games and Pegasus. Oh, what an Aquasphere. I love a party with a happy Aquasphere. Oh, won't you take me there? Okay. All right. Okay. Are you all right there? I, I, there was a double celebration because I've got, I've got Aquasphere. Excellent. Um, so Aquasphere is one of the first Stefan Feld games I ever played and led me to my love affair with Stefan Feld. That sounds really creepy. I don't have an actual love affair with <laughs> Stefan Feld, just as a disclaimer, but I adore his games. Um, and Aquasphere is one of the first ones I played. And when I did play it, I was quite new to board game and this idea of not being able to accomplish everything that you wanted to and being forced to make that choice quite early on was new to me, but also still um, has interest to me to this day. Like, you you know, I still can't get around it. I still don't know how to kind of balance those things. And it always leads to a, a new experience for me. A little secret. Stefan Feld games, nobody knows how to balance it all. Which is fine, because I love it, it so is, much. It's a fantastic game. And it recently is. we said in our uh, you know, our top five of two like two designers, when we, we pitted, pit Feld against Rosenberg, I said at the beginning of that, I, I always thought in my head that uh, Aquasphere was my favourite Feld game until I started really sort of pitting them against each other. And Aquasphere actually went down the list. Uh, it went down to three or four in the end. But it's still a fantastic game because <coughs> Feld is right up there. He may well be my favourite designer. And it, it was beaten up by uh, Trajan was ahead of it and Amerigo was ahead of it. Oh, but... Um, Aquasphere is still a fabulous, fabulous game, and I, I thoroughly enjoy it all. Every time I play it, it's just the programming and the getting round to the different areas to do what you need to do and to score your points. And then you've got octopods attacking, and and they're causing you hindrance. And then you've got you've got to collect certain materials to get past certain scores, and so much to think about. So good. So good. So good. So good. Good choice. Yeah. Especially so because it's on my on my list. You see, but, now this is where I think you get all of them. I, I genuinely think no, I, it will if, not if be if a your shock. Number one is not the number one that I've got down for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it here and here and now. I'm gonna leave. I'm just gonna go out and you'll never see me again. I think everybody knows what my number <laughs> one is. Okay, I think so you could ask people on the street and they'll be like, Yep, that's your number one. Top five time. Okay, number five for me is 
Are you ready? Yep. Bunny Kingdom by Yellow. Ding. Straight in. Yep. Not no kidding. messing. Obvious. Obvious girl is obvious. <sighs> yes, I love Bunny Kingdom. Even though it's got a tremendous amount of luck, it's not Euro in any way, shape or form. <laughs> You're basically chancing your, what little strategy you have on a hand of cards. I love it. The drafting... The stitching people. Like, I spend half my games of Bunny Kingdom stitching other people up. I don't mind not winning. As long as I'm not letting anybody else get anything for free, I'm happy. It's funny. It's so good. It's a funny, fun game where you still get that agony of choice because you can end up with two cards and you really want one of those cards. But you know that somebody else really wants the other one. It's like, do I deny them that? To and lose the card myself, or ah, oh, it's such a good game. Such it's, a good it's such a fun. And game. normally, because I'm losing so heavily, I know which way I'm going to go because there's no point me trying to advance myself because <laughs> I've lost <laughs> by that point. I will say I'm not mad about, not wild about the expansion, but for me, it, it's just so different every game. You know, there's so it, it's a big board. You play on the grid with regards to the cards, so you're never really going to get the same setup twice. There's enough for me in that game, in that base game, to just play it continuously. And it is fun. It's a fun stitch-you-up game. You can't get mad about it because everybody's doing it. And, you know, it, them's the breaks. I love it. And who doesn't want, like, little bunnies as your ambassadors <laughs> knocking around the board? That's what I say. Cool. Right. Bunny Kingdom. Yes. Great choice. Number four. Number four is Carcassonne by Rio Grande Games. So... I've got Winter Carcassonne. Can I have that? Yes, because that's the one I meant. For me, Fair it's the right. only one that's in existence. <laughs> Why would you play regular Carcassonne when you can have a Winter Carcassonne that's got Santa Claus on it? And reindeer. Doesn't have Santa. Someone lied to me. Doesn't have Santa. It has that weird Arctic fox thing with antlers. Yeah, but it's got, it's got reindeer and such. I think it might have reindeer and stuff like that. But, but it's winter sense. and it's got snow. It's winter. It's Christmassy. It's Christmassy. It's, Why would you play another it's Carcassonne? It's not Christmas Carcassonne. It is when you take a marker to it. I'm just saying. Don't look too closely at our tiles, is all I'm telling you. I love this game. Uh, jokes aside, no matter which theme you get, it's a good game. It's the original kind of tile-laying game. People know it. Come on. Uh, you're drawing your tiles, you're laying them down, you're scoring points for roads and cities and um, farms. And I love this game so much. I have actually got a cross stitch of Carcassonne on my wall. I'm looking at it now. Um, I just, you know, again, different game every time. I just love it. I really do. I think it's fantastic. Well, and it's always fun for me personally when I get the last monastery out of the bag. Um, and I've had like, however many, like the majority of monasteries and you've yeah. had like one. I always find that there's, there's deeply amusing. in our household where I just don't get monasteries. I just don't pick them up, and okay. it, it it's traumatised me. But Carcassonne is it's a classic. Um, it's easily overlooked as a great game these days, but it still remains a great game. Pick it up, play it now. You'll still have fun, uh, even with the amazing amount of wonderful games that there are in the market right now. Carcassonne is still a fantastic part of that market and a great choice. And you know what it's done? What? It saves our marriage. Has it saved our marriage? It has brought up the magic oh. ten, and I've still got three to go. Excellent. Excellent. Because it would have just been really <laughs> difficult to break the news to the children. Oh, no, no. We've still got to get the number one right, otherwise I'm out. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right, so... I'm not worried about that. Number three. 
Number three is a Vikings by Hansim Gluck and Zeman Game. Easy, easy. I knew the top five would be easy for you. I never made any secret about the games that I adore. Vikings, what, was made in 2000, something like that. 2007, um, I want to say. Do you? I do. You know more about games than I do. I I'll let you have I it. I could be completely wrong, but I'm going to say it anyway. Say it anyway. And I'm not sure how popular it is. And I, I don't know if it was kind of overlooked on release or what have you. I know that lots of people we've brought it to haven't played it before. Yeah. Um, it's a kind of tile laying set collection game and you have to be really kind of careful about how you lay your tiles so that you don't lose points and queens and such it's got a mandala effect where you choose your tiles either you know through buying them if you've got the money or you just kind of have to wait till one of them becomes you know zero queens and that tile comes with a viking whether you want it to or not oh you know what i love it it's got it's got so many kind of decision points to make again i don't think any two games are the same and it's why it keeps coming to our table it's a really really good puzzle game the theme doesn't really hold up there's a, there's a, there's a trick of a theme, theme. in there Shmeet. but That's it, it all hinges on those on the decision making process that with the wheel in the middle that uh yeah if, as that said if you want to really if you're desperate for a tile and you've got the money to pay for it, you can grab that, but you're going to spend all your money doing it. Otherwise, you're waiting and you're trying to time it so that you get that tile when it's affordable to you. And other people know what tile you're after, so they, they, they're they very Especially mindful Especially them, well. them end tiles. Yeah. They get very scarce very quickly. And, uh, yeah, it's lots of different ways to score points. It's got that kind of Steffenfeld, um, even though this isn't Steffenfeld, it's got that kind of Steffenfeld thing where you've got to feed people or you've got there's something that's going to hamper you at the end of the game if you don't do it. So, and that is the, the Vikings, the feeding Vikings, the fishermen. You've got to make sure that they, they, are, you've got enough of them, otherwise you're going to lose loads of points. Bless, you nearly always forget about I them. I always, that's my, it's always that's the one that my does Achilles every heel time. with that game. I always forget about them or just, think I can manage without them for some reason. But that's cool. But yeah, it's a very good game. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy it. Moving onwards and upwards. My number two. What dun, was my dun, number two? Dun, what just missed out? Among the Stars by Artipia. Yeah, obvious, kid. It is obvious. Oh, this game. Oh, my word. You like a tile layer, don't you? I like a tile layer. I, and I like I like when things like trigger off other things so in among the stars you're building your space station you've got six different kind of modules that you build with um and you can go down whichever route your cards dictate it's a draft game so you're you're moving your cards between people you're building your station you're trying to make sure that it obeys the rules and you're trying to power it power it and there are expansions and oh this, what is not to love about this game i feel I'm a bit of a broken record because it's one of those games that I'm happy to just play the base game because you're never going to get the same game twice and there's enough intricacies there mm. to kind of keep you interested throughout the game. I adore it. Uh, people do say you should play with the Ambassadors expansion for this and although we've had it for a long time, we've we never we've never actually oh, broken it out. Let's do that then. Yeah, so maybe we should play with the Ambassadors. But it's it's a very good game, a really enjoyable game. And again, it's one of those games that we feel comfortable being mean to each other yeah. at, because you have to have got that draft in it as well. But uh, yeah, Among the Stars, I knew it would be there. Uh, I had it quite high up myself. So now... I'm if, wondering if you want to say what you think my number one is first. I think we all know it's an acrony. 
Oh, come on, I was trying to build up the suspense, but yes, everybody knows it's anachrony. Here we go. Oh, this game, honestly, I could wax lyrical about this game for hours. For one, it's it does time travel really well. Now, this is my big thing, and it's not just about games, but any media you care to consume, TV, film, podcasts, books, cannot do time travel well it just it makes my head hurt but anachrony has managed it and i genuinely don't know how the mechanism just works and thematically works with regards to time travel on top of that it's a post-apocalyptic scenario oh my word what do i not love about post-apocalyptic scenarios i read books i watch honestly it's just if you got the essence of tilly and put her in a box you would get anachrony and it's pretty and we've got the expansions and it's just mind bending and you know when you're coming to your last couple of rounds which you don't precisely know is when when it's going to be because of the mechanism within the game those rounds can take forever because you're just really trying to think what is the most points i can now get at, at the end of this game and there's just so many things to think about. You've got to make sure your, your, your robots or your mechanoids have got enough power, that you've got enough scientists, that you're going to survive the next apocalyptic event. We haven't even touched the expansions. And we've got that massive box, which is just a thing of absolute uh, beauty. We got, we got it took four hours to put the box together. <laughs> it was fantastic. Full, yeah, of, it's full it's... of game trays. That's it. So, yeah, I think the reason why they do... The time travel really well is they keep it simple. Yeah. So basically, you're 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 borrowing from the future, and you're you're accepting gifts that are going to help you in your present. But you've got to you've got to replace them in the future. When you get to that future, otherwise they're not going to be there because you're borrowing from yourself. So it's it's done it's done very cleverly, but it's done very simply. And I love playing with those big the big mechs. Uh, you put this tiny bit of cardboard in the mech to show that uh, you, you've sent the mech to wherever it is. And you need the right workers to go to the right spaces and you've got to power them. And you've got, and you're, is a tableau building part of it where you're building up your own sort of buildings and, and rooms in, in your facility. Uh, all sings out to me. It does play quite quickly once you get going. It can be a bit daunting learning the rules and getting, getting into it. Yeah. But once you get going, it does play quite quickly, and it's a very, very strong game. It's right up there for me as well. And yeah, there we go. I the least shocking number one. The least shocking number one in the one. history of the world. So I've I've managed it. I've I've got thirteen out of twenty. Yeah. I thought I'd do a hell of a lot better than that. I thought you I'd really be, thought I was that predictable. I thought I'd have a minimum of sixteen. Really, yeah, at least not if not seventeen. So, do you want to hear my list? I do want to hear your list. Where did you go so, so badly wrong? Well, I want to start at the bottom. So, number 20, I had Christmas Tree, because I thought she's going to have a game about Christmas in there. And we really enjoyed Christmas Tree when we I played it. I have got a game about Christmas in there. Yeah, and the winter carcassonne doesn't count. As I've said, it does when you've got marker pens. So, anyway, Christmas Tree, I thought, would be there, because it's probably the best Christmas game we've played. Yeah, but it's not good enough. Like, it's a I good like game, it. and it's quite, it's, it's a filler game, and, you know, I enjoy it, but it's not good enough to be in my top Anyway, party. right. Anyway. Cat Cafe. Nice. Aquasphere. Not as high as I thought. Now, this is where I thought, you know, this is one, like, a Christmas tree, I was, that was a wing and a prayer sort of thing, but Potion Explosion, I thought you liked that. I do, but it gets very repetitive very quickly. It does, for me, I play maybe another one or two games of that, and I'm done. Do you know what I think might have killed it? The app. 
because the app does everything you need it to does, do. It does, and I play it on my phone. Yeah, we play it quite a lot on the app. Um, and this one, I thought it, it's it's new in terms of we've just bought it recently. You really enjoy it. James enjoyed it. Call the Quacks of Quedlinburg. I can see why you'd think that, and I think if we've got another couple of plays, it mind you, having said that, James annihilated me last time, so I might just burn my copy. Is that, is that why you're just embarrassed? No, I was embarrassed. <laughs> He's eight years old. Um, no. It's a bit too luck-driven for me to be in my top 20. I know that sounds weird when you consider that Bunny Kingdom is in my top five, uh, but Bunny Kingdom also has that element of take that about it. Oh, and and okay. I do like Quacks of Quedlinburg. It's a lovely-looking game, okay. and I'm glad you pimped it out and we will pay it, but it's not top Cool, 20. right. Brass. Mm. I thought Brass would be up there. It's very pretty. I only played it a couple of times, though. Yeah, okay. Sagrada. I've got us all. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you can't have Sagrada. It's the same sort of abstract puzzle. Yeah, I, I prefer Sagrada, but I, I thought you really liked Sagrada. I, I do. Know. It's not top 20, though. Then I had La Stanza. Yep. Then I had the Suburbia, Orléans, Azul. And there's, there's another one that I, I can guarantee you, if we if we did this five years ago, this would have been right at the top for yeah. you. And it's Lewis and Clark. Lewis and Clark, even two years ago, would have been in my top five. So why is it falling away? I don't know. Again, I don't... We've played it so often. There's nothing new there for me now. I know the cards. I know how to win. I know... Yeah, you do. <laughs> okay, cool. Race for the Galaxy. You made me buy this twice when we thought we'd lost our copy. Yeah, true. True. I got no good answer for that. It was on my list. It was on my also runs. You're a bad person. I'm a bad person. And then everything you've got from there on in is Underwater Cities, Bunny Kingdom, Among the Stars, Winter Carcassonne, Dominion. See, I thought of Dominion was really yeah, high. Yeah, you did. Uh, Vikings and Anachrony. That's it. Can I tell you what my also runs were? Go on then. I had Dune. Yeah. Castles of Burgundy. I thought, I, I, I considered Castle. I didn't consider Dune because it's so new. We've only played oh, it a couple of times. I loved it though. I, I, know, I knew you really liked it. I put it down, but I thought, is it too new? It is it too be. fresh for you to have in your list? It That's might be. I... It might be next year. It'd be like, oh, why did I? Why would it even be an also ram? Then there was Race for the Galaxy. Yeah. Obviously. And that was it. I managed to... Oh, no, sorry. There was um, Lorenzo Il Magnifico. I, I've got, yeah, I've got that, that in was... my... You know what I also had in my really, really close pile? Yeah. Isle of Cats... Mm. Raiders of the North Sea, mm. Lorenzo, Baron Park, because oh. I know you like a tile layer and I know you like that game, and Concordia. See, weirdly, although I really like Concordia when we play it, it didn't even enter my head. But at least our marriage is safe, so. Um, yes, so thank you very much for coming and telling us all about your top 20. We're still married. We're still married. We have survived the test. And yeah, yeah. I just want to finish off as we like to do myself and Ronan Natalie you've had a kickstarter come through well I bought it for you you bought but it for me it can't be my kickstarter you, you bought it for me to buy it for you you said you liked the look of it and I should buy it for you no 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 I said I like the look of it and then before I had a chance to draw the next breath you were like oh backed it it's Rocket Men from Martin Wallace. So it's a space game about space travel mm. by Martin Wallace, who's a designer we both like. Might break it out. 
See? We might break it out. And oh, I've got Wishland, the game oh, yeah, called Wishland about building up your, the only your thing own that's fair. I mean, we've bought a bunch of Haber games for uh, oh, your yes, guest because yes. he turned three. But we'll talk. We'll talk about them in one of our pitter patter episodes. But it's great because we're getting our little three-year-old to start playing games, and he loves them. Oh, he loves them. There's a, there's a rainbow game. I can't oh. even tell you what the name of it is. Something about a rainbow and a, a cat sliding down a rainbow in but, German. In German, and he really loves it. But what I did want to talk about now, this game is still on Kickstarter now, as we speak. But by the time this episode comes it comes out, you probably won't have a lot of time, if any at all, to back it. But I'm sure they'll be doing sort of the post backer stuff, uh, late pledge, uh, late pledges, and all that kind of things. It's Fjords by Grail Games. Now, this is a game that has been re-implemented from the previous Fjords, which was uh, a, a much older, older game. And it's a tie-laying game, but it's also an area control game. It looks absolutely stunning. The artwork is by Beth Sobel, and she is making a real name for herself in, in the board game art. She's right up there with your Lohausens and, and Mikos now and all that. And... The, the artwork is stunning. The game looks really, really interesting. It's got that Viking theme that myself and Ronan always are drawn to because we, we, we like to think of ourselves as Vikings. Can you imagine how hard I'm rolling my eyes uh, right now? It's, it's, listen, if you, dig, if you dig far enough, one of us once saw Norway, right? <laughs> and, but yeah, Fjords is, uh, is looking like a real game. It's funded. It's gonna, it's gonna be made. Um, they've, they've even, so the original designer was Franz Beno DeLong, but Phil Walker Harding has actually put in some expansions for it and made some expansions for the game. So yeah, I think it looks an amazing game. I'm backing it. I know Ronan's excited about it too. So, uh, if if that tickles your fancy, then have a look at that. And also, can I can I raise something? Can also, I raise something? Can I one, raise something? <laughs> can one, I raise something? Go on. So you're going to say the same thing as I am. I am going to say the same thing as you are, but I'm not coming from a happy place. Mythic battles, Ragnarok. Dun dun dun. After <laughs> the sheer. <laughs> are you done? Dun, dun, dun. Debacle that was the original Mythic Battles pledge. Yes. No, I mean, no, I'm gutted that you spent all your money on it. Unbeknownst to me. Well, you shouldn't let me lose with your card. I'm never doing it again. And then he goes to me, he goes, oh, Ragnarok's coming out. I'll only have the base pledge. No. Shush. I, I you did. That. You said. I said. What, it 17 won't, listeners? It won't be ex- as expensive as Mythic Battles Pantheon. And I said that because they had said we are not going to make as much as Mythic Battles Pantheon. Therefore, the price level for All In will be much cheaper. Don't punch me. I'm fragile. You I'm, will be. I'm tiny. You will be fragile. So... All in is a mere £217. Oh, good. Uh, listen, the listeners at home know I'm in the right. Anyway, yeah, Mythic Battle Pantheon is out. It does look cool, though. It's and I think that the, the eldest is happy about it as well. It's, eh? on, it's on Kickstarter, and I've backed it. I would be shocked if Ronan doesn't back it to some level. And uh, James is proper excited about it. So, yeah, that's that's our Kickstarter stuff. So what's interesting to me is we did a 
game sale, or rather you did a game sale. I did do a game sale. A short while ago, to get games out of the house, because we were running out of room. And I did get games out of the house. Yeah, but more games have come back in, Shawnee. I don't think you've understood the notion of getting rid of games to free up space. For more games? No, no, just to get more space, because at the moment, we're kind of living on top of games. What else would you like? Not to live on top of games. We can be close to them, and we can cuddle them, and we can tickle them, and we can call them Trevor. But then they can't be sold. Okay. In any case. Medical science. <laughs> anyway, so we are just, we're just wittering on. We are wittering. And so, yeah, thank you very much, Natalie, for coming into the game pit and deputising so ably for young Ronan. I'm younger than he is. Are you? Yes, I am. He doesn't get this as well. Yes, I am. Okay, sorry. Only by about four months, but still, they're <laughs> an important four months. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a delight. I was quite surprised. At, I don't know why, but I was quite surprised at my list of top 20 games, which is weird. Why do I surprise at my own list of top why, 20 games? You need help. I do. So I will get her the help she needs, people. Don't worry. To round up again, thank you very much to everybody for listening. Uh, thank you to Ronan for all the hard work he does and everything he does to make, make this podcast happen. He does all the editing, usually. Uh, thank you to Natalie. And... We out, and we are, as always, we are proud members of the Dice Tower Network. Go there and to the Dice Tower itself for gaming goodness galore. You know where to download it, wherever you get your downloads, then tune in to us there. And if you could give us a like or a rating, a nice rating, then that would be really helpful and we'd really appreciate it. If you wish to catch us on social media, we do have a Facebook page, we do have an Instagram account, and we are on Twitter at GamePit Podcast. Contact us and thank you very much to the people who've been chipping in with top 10 list ideas. Loads of them coming through and really, really appreciate some of them. We're going to be doing some of them. And if you wish to contribute or just ask us some questions or give us some show ideas, we are the game pit podcast at gmail.com. And you can also catch us on our board game geek guild and just search for the game pit there and you'll find us. And we're always happy to respond on that. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Music by E. Aaron. Boy buys Mythic Battles Ragnarok. Girl's gonna sell it.